¿No se merece tu familia lo mejor? Entonces, ¿por qué no los mejores huevos? Ahora, Egglands Best están disponibles en deliciosas opciones. Huevos clásicos de gallina libre de jaula y orgánicos de Egglands, que ofrecen un sabor más delicioso y fresco de granja, que le encantará a tu familia. En comparación con los huevos ordinarios, Egglands Best contiene la mejor nutrición como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y el doble de omega 3 y B12. Solo Egglands Best. Mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Visita egglandsbest.com para más información. Improper disposal of batteries can spark fires. Fires on garbage trucks and at trash and recycling centers cost millions and put lives in danger. Batteries do not belong in regular trash or recycling. Learn more at GoRecycle.org. Brought to you by Fairfax County. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, and always, as always... Lately, at least, I've been joined by Jack Duffin. Jack, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. So wrapping off the offense, and uh, no, it's a this one's an interesting one. There's nothing on the surface to discuss, but there is lots of uh, undercurrent and interesting uh, bits to look at. Yeah, we are wrapping up the offensive side of the ball, like Jack said, on the off-season roster deep dive. Which, if you haven't already, go to the Dogland.com and check it out. Uh, we are looking at the interior of the offensive line, not a position that the Browns should be worried about in the present, but also preparing for the future, which we'll dive into on today's episode. Uh, Jack, when you look, we talked about it on Wednesday when we looked at the offensive tackle spot. Uh, your average NFL team has nine offensive linemen, uh, four tackles, and then the five go to the interior. Uh, when you look at this Browns roster right now, heading into 2021, we have four guys on that interior spot that we feel confident will be on the roster heading into 2021 and perhaps even 2022. Uh, uh, let's start off with the left guard, uh, Joel Batonio. He's been here since 2014. Um, the longest tenured Cleaver Brown at this point, uh, when he's been on the field, he's been uh, a pro bowl slash all pro type guard. Uh, doesn't get the recognition he deserves this year. He finally did uh, many websites or, you know, national uh, pundits, pegged him as an all pro uh and you know when the browns are finally good it's finally nice to see guys like petonio who have been good his whole career finally getting the recognition he deserves yeah he's phenomenal um really really good play um it's it's unfortunate that his career arcs almost come at that time that it's quite late in the window um you would love for him to be sort of into his first second year and be like ah we've got this guy for a long time But um, no, he's it, it's been a great player to watch. Obviously, overshadowed in a way by having someone as phenomenal as Joe Thomas stood right next to him, um, which many people could rightly ask and go, is he boosted by having him there? Or is it a case of he's also awesome? Um, but if you, when you're playing next to a guy that's destined to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, you're never going to get the, uh, the shining light on you. But it, it's been such a good player um and no really really positive to see him getting that recognition but it's also a question of how much longer is it left are we are we allowed to discuss that on the show or are you gonna shout at me and throw things no we can go ahead and talk about <laughs> it uh you know batonio coming in uh he got an extension in 2017 uh five years 50 million And he's got two years left on this current deal. Uh, $10 million he's projected to make this year, $10 million projected next year. But the thing is, and you know, we'll talk about it as we 
talk about another uh, offensive lineman. Um, you know, he has no dead cap or anything to him. The Browns could move him in a cut or in a trade, and it wouldn't hurt them uh, in terms of the salary cap. So uh, he's he's at 30. You know, tend, you tend to not pay guys or give guys extensions once they get past the age of 30 just because you don't know how much the body's going to hold up. Batonio's had his injuries for sure, uh, you know, but this could be, and I hate to say this just because Batonio's been here so long, he's finally getting to play on a good team. These last two years could be the last two years Joel Batonio dons a Cleveland Browns uniform. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one where as soon as they get someone talented behind him, they're going to replace him. We'll get on to Teller in a moment when we look at the right guard, but that's effectively where where it's going because you've got Baker. Suddenly, as we discussed a few weeks ago, once you pay Baker, there's less money for everywhere else. So they're going to pay big money to a tackle and that leaves decent money to one player on the interior uh, you could stretch to a second one that's okay money but not elite money um, but and it just comes down to how well do these developing guys behind them improve so there's little chance Joel Bertonio gets anything longer than those two years could it be his final year this year or will he play out both of these final years in his contract I think it very much comes down to the likes of Dunn, Forbes how any of these guys play and develop because as I've always said, if you're getting 90% out of a guy on a rookie deal, unless it's your quarterback, you move into the rookie deal rather than the veteran on big money. Um, and, and that's just smart roster construction because you can't keep everyone. So if you can get that 90% production, you've just got to do it. Um, so no, he, he's been for me, if you look at anyone on the roster, the, the best servant, of any player. Um, and I think that'd be pretty unanimous across all fans. Um, but good things have to come to an end. If, if he was in his sort of 27 at this point, you could be going, do we actually give Batonio a new deal rather than Teller? Um, and I, and I think that'd be a fair ask. If, if Teller's, if there's two years difference, you might go actually Joel Batonio. We've seen more out of you. Let's extend Joel Batonio and we'll allow Teller to walk, um, after his deal. But you're only keeping one of them two guys, so um, long term. I'm not saying it's a, you've got to get rid of him here. You can keep both of these two last two years and be perfectly fine. But that that Baker deal's coming, and when that Baker deal comes, you've you've got to save some money somewhere. So Joel Batonio, you've got one or two years left. And fans, this isn't a oh, why is Jack saying this? This is a genuinely go out there and enjoy these guys. You're going to have a lot of churn on this roster. You're going to have lots of these players that have been here for a long term, not part of what will hopefully be six years of getting into the playoffs and really competing for a ring. So go out there and give, give everything to a player like Joel Batonio, who's given everything to the team. And uh, yeah, big love to the guy. I hope that uh, in one, two years time, when he gets his next shot, he can cash in and sort of get four more years somewhere else um, and get some good money. Yeah, I mean, I bought his jersey this year, and like I haven't brought a bought a Browns player jersey in a couple years. But I bought his just because he's been here, he's he's performed at a high level, and like you know, you buy some of these guys like you know Nick Nick Chubb, for instance, or Oakham, and they've only been here a couple years, and they might not perform as well as say a Batonio. Batonio has performed at a level close to a Joe Thomas where I can wear that Jersey for the next 10 years. And nobody will be like, 
why'd you buy that jersey? Well, Spatoni is one of the all-time great Browns. Like, yeah, he hasn't played on any good teams up until this year, but he's been solid, productive, and consistent since he took his first snap as a rookie in 2014. And I, I feel pride wearing that jersey just because he was there through the bad times, and now he's joined the good times. And even if you know we move on from him in a year or two, He's still one of the all-time greats of the, the, the Donna Brown's uniform. So, you know, it'll be sad the day that he has to leave, um, you know, but he's been a great Brown through and through on and off the field. And uh, I have no problem uh, wearing that jersey with pride. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the other guards, just because you had brought it up while you were talking, Jack. Wyatt Teller, um, probably the last good move, one of the few good moves John Dorsey made here as a GM, uh, was trading for Wyatt Teller on the final cutdown day. Uh, in 2019 or no yeah in 2019 uh with buffalo you know buffalo was always a team that people looked at because they had some depth on the offensive line and you know teller was one of the guys that had to go and uh dorsey flipped a couple late round picks to get him and you know he showed some promise in 2019 on that offensive line and then this year under the guidance of bill callahan uh teller was the number one ranked offensive lineman in the national football league and uh, came out of nowhere, some would say. I mean, a lot of us uh, were keeping an eye on him last offseason and into training camp just because we saw the potential in him, and it paid off. And he was one of the reasons why the Browns got to the playoffs and was able to make a little noise in the AFC uh, playoff picture. It, it's insane that we were talking about going into last season of is the starting right guard Drew Forbes or is it Wyatt Teller? And to go from we we don't know if he's going to be the starter to the number one offensive line of the whole of PFF, it was insane. It's absolutely um, it, it's ridiculous. Um, it was a, a great ad, obviously making up for the issues with getting rid of Seidler, with getting Corbett and then moving Corbett on. But he's really stepped up and been that sort of player that we would love opposite a. Uh, another guard to sort of cement the line. So, um, no, really, really exciting play. Um, the fact is they probably go out and pay him this off season. Um, why not get it done a year early? Um, but th- there is the other school of thought of do, do they wait one more year? Because even though they would be potentially costing themselves a bit more by doing it a year later, there's that question of we have seen one year of insane production out of wide teller so we, if we're paying him we're paying him right at the top level most likely do, do they wait or, or do they say to him hey you've been amazing we're not sure if you can repeat this but we're going to pay you like 90 percent of the top guy and yeah that you can take this money we'll give you three years of that or four years of that on top of your one year remaining um sign it be happy or We'll wait one more year and we'll come back to it. But if you're dropped down to being a top sort of half, a top 16, say, guard, we'll probably still keep you. But we're going to be talking about three million less than what this offer is currently on the table. Um, And he might go, actually, yeah, give me the, let's say it's eight million rather than 11 million. Um, Because if it goes wrong, suddenly he's on five million and that's a lot less money. So um, it, I think they'll have discussions this year um, and I think they'll be aggressive and really get that deal done. Absolutely. Um, You know, you talk about just a small sample size. I went back and actually looked at Petonio because 
when they signed him to that extension in 2017, it was it was kind of shocking because he missed six games his second year, and then in 2016 he had missed 11 games. And w- I think there was some questioning about why the Browns gave him 50 million. And it's when they signed Batonio and they also signed Treader. It was also I think they had seen what Batonio could do and what we, they thought he could be. It turned out to be a great deal. I mean. I think Teller started what the last eight games of 2019, and then he I mean missed some time last year. But when he was on the field, he was obviously the best offensive lineman in the National Football League. Uh, you know, if you said like 11 million a year is what you think the asking price, like what you think it could be for a Teller extension potentially. Yeah, I think if you if you're gonna pay him, so you've got like the top guy yeah it was a few years you're looking at around top of the market is about 15 um if you can get him on 10 do you do you potentially do it and go hey we'll give you 10 let's sign 10 four years um five years potentially um let's try get that signed in and done um because if you regress to being a top 16 so they go actually we do want to keep you we're going to pay you around seven, eight. Um, and he might go, actually, yeah, give me the 10. Um, let's sign that. And if he ends up performing to that level, we, we were giving Batonio 10, and that was a long time ago he signed that deal. So it would be a big win for the Browns to go, let's gamble on it. Because, yeah, if not, then two years down the line, you're going, we'll move on from him. We've got another guard that's stepped up, and we're looking really good. So, um, no, I, I would say try try get 10 done, Um but yeah, at the same time, if he wants 11, 12, I could understand that <laughs> you've been the best uh, guard in the uh, best O-lineman in the NFL. So why not ask for the money? But is it a one-year wonder? You never know. There, there is going to be regression. Don't get me wrong. And if you're sitting there going, oh, he's, he's not going to regress. He's not going to be the number one offensive lineman in the NFL next year. That's perfectly fine. If he is a top four guard, top six guard, that's amazing. And to get him down at 10 million, that be over the moon. He's going to be the Joe Thomas of guards and he's going to never miss a snap. And he's going to be number one year in and year out for the next decade. Jack, don't you know, yeah. Brown, you got to think Brown's fan logic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm with you. I have no problem. If you know, they get this extension done now, they don't wait a year and if they can get them for, you know, between 10 to 12 million. It's, I mean, it's a great deal. You got money freeing up from Batonio and potentially the next guy we'll talk about. But, you know, Teller, he he seems to be and he seems to be a leader. I don't know if like the Pittsburgh game where they were mic'd up, you know, he was, you know, firing up that offensive line, saying, This ain't the same old Browns as you know, Teller is completely bought in, I think, to what they're selling there in Berea. And it seems like he's going to be a key vital part. My my fascination is how how do they stack him in terms of priority for extensions this offseason between obviously Baker's number one, but then you go, who's next in line? Is it, is it Teller? Is it Ward? Is it Chubb? Is it Ronnie Harrison even potentially, which we'll get down to down the line when we talk about the safety room. It's so fascinating to see how they're going to prioritize all the extensions because everybody's going to want to get paid, especially if the Browns keep winning. I think where it's such a smart front office, they're looking at more, the overall market compared to the uh, team, because if there's no other big guys going to get a guard contract, he's not that much of a priority. Um, in terms of do you do him first or do you wait? Um, 
so it's one that you can wait a little while longer. But um, no, he's 26.2, um, so it's going to be 26.5, 26.6 by the time the season starts. So you can wrap him up there until he's sort of 31. And then, yeah, you're looking for your next person. So it's basically, hey, you've got uh, Batonio that's got one, two years left. You've got Wyatt Teller that's got one year. And let's say we give him four more. So he's got five years left. That's perfect. You bring in your guard. Hopefully you draft that guard to replace um, Batonio. Maybe it's someone on the roster, which we'll touch on, or it's someone that is uh, drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round four cheap years you extend them and then that that's the perfect that's your sequencing that's the buzzword andrew berry loves um this is your let's keep one just keep that cycle moving of bring one in pay one bring one in pay one um at all times you've got one on a veteran deal one on a rookie deal it's that's the dream where you can sit there on the board of go here's the timeline of these deals but uh no i i, th- I think we're in a really really nice position at guard um, and yeah, the upside is there. It's it's massive. Absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, you know, the last guy to to touch on for the starting part of the interior of the offensive line is J.C. Treader. And you know, this dude, he's been great since he came to Cleveland. Uh, pretty much an unknown. I don't think too many people knew who he was when we signed him back in 2017. But guy has been solid since we picked him up in free agency from the Packers. Uh, so much so that the Browns have given him two contracts, the initial one and the contract extension. Uh, he hasn't missed the game, which is also surprising just because the dude sometimes goes out there on just one leg because of the ankle injuries he's had. Um, he's also the president of the players union. Uh, so he's got a lot on his plate, but he's one of the underrated guards and or one of the underrated centers in the league. I think for sure he doesn't get enough recognition just to how solid he's been uh, year in and year out. But He's another guy, much like Batonio, started, he's entering his 30s here. Uh, and actually, next week, he'll turn 30. Um, he's got a couple years left, not much guaranteed money, if any. Uh, he's obviously not in the – he's in the short term, but he's not in the long-term uh, cards for the Browns. Yeah, so it's sort of that perfectly in line with Batonio if you've got one or two years left. Um, and I think if we look at it sort of – in a tough way one of those two players is gone in a year's time and the other one's gone the year after um which order they go isn't so much about them because i think both players will play at a good level for at least another two years it comes down to what where's that where's the replacement step up or where's the value fall in the draft of like oh we're, we we get a really good guard in the third round but the center isn't very good or we've got a really good center we like that can step in immediately we don't have the guard or harris true forbes done one of these guys will get to um impresses them so yeah it's more down to the development behind them but he's not going to be here long term he is 30 um already two years left you're not signing him to a long deal because if you're signing if you're keeping batonio and tretta then you're letting Wyatt Teller go and there's no long-term plan. Wyatt Teller, he's so much younger. You've got that extra four years and it just comes down to age. We've all played Madden before and not to compare um, managing a team to Madden, but we've all done it. Player turns 30, you're looking to ship them off and get the next youngster in. And 
that's pretty much how the teams are working as well. Obviously, you can keep odd guys here if they're slightly older, but production's going to go down. And if we want to be winning Super Bowls, we have to be ruthless. And it, you might have thought that was a slip of the tongue. That wasn't a slip of the tongue. That was an S on the end of Super Bowl. It's an S because I want multiple. And I'm not interested in all-in, two-year wonders, that we throw everything at the table. And quite frankly, I'm happy with a seven to nine win team for the next four years after we have two where we might potentially get to sort of the championship game one of these next two years. No, I'm not interested in that. I want six years of competing for rings and uh, you've got to look big picture. So the emotion of a guy like Petonio and Tretta, who there is emotion there, more for Petonio than Tretta, but they're both great servants of the team. Their future isn't in Cleveland um, if you want to be winning rings. So it's Wyatt Teller is the future. But let's enjoy this one one year of all three of them, another year, and then one year of two of them, and then whoever steps up, Wyatt Teller is the rock of the interior line for the future. Without a doubt. I mean, yeah, Treader's been great. I mean, obviously another guy on and off the field, he's been solid, uh, constant pro. But, you know, this is the thing. When they get older, you got to have replacements for them. And, and it, it sucks to see them go, but you just got to hope that, you know, Sashi and Stefanski, you know, they find guys in, in the draft. And then Coach Callahan, as long as he's going to be here because he's obviously getting up there in age as well, that he can continue to develop these guys and turn them into solid starters. Uh, and when you look at the potential depth behind – uh, Batonio, Treader, and Teller. Well, Batonio and Treader for sure. Nick Harris, uh, he's the wild card, I think, right now, to say the least at this point. Uh, you know, they drafted him, and everybody kind of knew that he was going to be the center of the future. And he got into a spot where a couple times this year he had to play right guard because of injuries, and it was not good. But everybody kind of seemed to forget they drafted him to be the center of the future. So, it's you can't criticize him because of how he played at right guard when he's probably more likely going to be the center of the future. Now we'll see whenever he gets that chance, if he's good enough to be the long-term center, but I feel like Barry and the scouting department drafted him with the idea in mind that in a year or two, he replaces JC Treader as the center of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, there was lots of smart people sort of pegging him as a second and third round pick. So um, the talent is obviously there on tape. Um, we saw he's not a guard and that's perfectly fine. He's not drafted, not expected to be a guard. Um, it was just <laughs> when you're on your 10th, 11th O-line for the season, uh, literally anyone's out there and Blake Hans is a testament to that. Um, but no, it's one that um, I think he's in a really, really good spot to make this JC Treader's final year. Um, could they go a year early on it? It it, it wouldn't be crazy. Um, I th think they won't, but you never know. Um, it's a move they could certainly make. Uh, so yeah, just keep an eye on it. That um, I wouldn't. I would say it's sort of ninety five percent chance that Treter is back. But crazier things have happened if, if they think, actually, we want to free up some money and do some other stuff and um, we want to make an aggressive move and say, let's throw a name out there, Marshawn Lattimore. Let's trade for him. Let's throw some money here. We need to cut somewhere because we can't afford it all. Tretter might be the guy where they go, actually. It's a, it's a little bit painful, but we really, really like Nick Harris. Um, Callahan's been raving about him. 
we go, let's go for it. So um, crazy things have happened, but I think he's definitely got a year as a backup and then he's got two years starting. Um, but it's probably going to be a case of he's not going to be our starter long term. It's, it's going to be that position. If Wyatt Teller's there, they, they might pay him if he becomes sort of a, a middle tier guy of, hey, let's give him four or five million a year. We're not going to overpay him. Um, that could be something they do, but it's a good chance that you'll throw guys in there. Austin Reiter, who the Browns didn't even think was worth a backup got, uh, center spot, is now playing in the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, he's cracking jokes with old uh, Kermit the Frog, pa- Paddy Mahomes. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how Harris continues to develop. You know, you hope that he'll be the long-term center. But if not, the Browns can, you know, take a crack on someone in the draft again or find a guy like J.C. Treader on a cheap free agent deal and have him be uh, the center for a couple of seasons. It worked. That worked out so well because, uh, I mean, nobody knew what to expect out of Teller, and he's turned into a solid, consistent uh, starting center for the us. Uh, and you look at the guard potentially like who could be groomed as the future replacement for Joel Batonio. You know, you had to be encouraged by Michael Dunn. Uh, he came in in a spot where uh, a playoff game against Pittsburgh going up against Cameron Hayward. Uh, Dunn was a guy that played in the XFL a year ago at this time uh, was one of the top rated uh, offensive linemen in that league by pro football focus. The Browns took a, a chance on him and it, and it paid off in that one game. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, so we'll see how his future development goes. Uh, you also have Drew Forbes, who opted out last year because of COVID, and you also have Blake Hance, who, uh, you know, the guy named Blake that uh, became uh, a sensation overnight, became verified on Twitter. Uh, everybody knows his name now just because of the fascinating article that Peter King wrote about him. But you have those three guys that could potentially be uh, the – the guard waiting in the wings to replace Batonio in a year or two, or, or they look towards the draft and, you know, they could take a, a stab on someone, you know, in day three or as an undrafted free agent. Uh, you know, you, you feel confident because of Bill Callahan's track record, but uh, you know, you don't know if these guys are going to be the same players that they were in, in those key critical moments that they were this past season. Yeah. So you've got three guys that they've all got, deficiencies there michael dunn obviously we, we've seen a small sample size was it two games i want to say um that we saw from him obviously two great games don't get me wrong um yeah we saw two games 54 snaps oh, it's one game <laughs> i don't think we can count the one snap against the jets um but if we count that sort of wild card game against pittsburgh he was brilliant really really good more of a run block than a pass blocker but uh, that's perfectly fine. Um, overall, an 81 PFF grade. So, uh, brilliant performance. Um, but it's only one game. So, crazier things have happened. Could he be the guy? We don't know. Drew Forbes. There is so much hype around Drew Forbes. For a sixth-round pick that hasn't played any football for two years, um, you, you would think he's sort of a second-round pick, the way uh, he's talked about online. Um, he's exciting. Um, interesting to see what he's got. But at the same time, he could be a nothing. Uh, Blake Hands obviously is a, a, a phenomenal story, but when he played, it wasn't that great. Um, so, yeah, they, they could go the other route of, say, let's bring in the UDFA, but I think they'd probably let those three battle if they really like two. And that's a big if. 
they could steal that fourth tackle spot and keep two of these guards. I don't think they will, but they certainly could. If they go, actually, we think Dunn and Forbes are both legit, then one, they could trade them. And we saw what Wyatt Teller went for, third and a, um, not as fifth and a sixth. If they get a sort of, even if it's a fifth rounder for one of those two, that's a good investment. Um, or the other option is they do keep both and they go, look, one of these two guys is going to step up and replace Petonio next year. One of these two guys is going to be the backup for two years. Um, it's, it's certainly a route they could go, but it's probably, if you're going to say the, the tightest competition in the entire roster for a spot, it's these three guys. Um, I'd put Blake Hands at a massive disadvantage to the other two, but Dunn versus Forbes, I think it's an exciting battle. I think if I had to bet money, I would be putting the money on Dunn. Um, to be the guy. So he's, what's his career-wise? Has he got any accrued seasons or is he literally right back at zero? Um, I think over the cap is saying one accrued season, even though he's been in the league since uh, 2017. Um, he's bounced around, but he's been at the Rams, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Browns. Um Earnings by team. He's got a little bit of money from the Jags. But uh, it's a player that you've got there. Let's see what he can do. Um, I'm excited. Um, Let's see what Callahan can work up. But you've got a nice pipeline. And they'll keep adding talent. If if you're wondering, hey, why are they adding third, fourth round picks on the O-line? Because they just want to keep bringing guys through. And uh, it's going to be a constantly revolving door. The, The idea that we've had like fixed lines in the past where four of these guys, Hey, they're here long term. You, you can't afford four vets. If you want to pay Baker Mayfield, have good wide receivers. So, uh, you, you've probably got two guys here long term. They're Wyatt Teller and they're, uh, Jedrick Wills, everyone else. They're on sort of a two year clock. Enjoy them, love them, respect them. And it is certainly a case of respect. They have earned that praise, but you can't keep everyone. So, uh, best of luck to them and hope, they get loads of money at some other team, and we get some comp picks. Yes, absolutely. We love them comp picks. Uh, you know, in terms of the draft, like, I haven't looked at anybody, like, day three. I only know one, and it's someone that I actually know personally, Bryce Hargrove, who was at Pitt, uh, just was at the College Gridiron Showcase, got to perform uh, drills in front of a bunch of scouts for the NFL teams, and... Um, you know, he's not he's not one of these highly ranked guards like you don't see him on like a top 200 big board. But guys got some good movement, a smart kid. And he was consistent at Pittsburgh as an all ACC guard the last couple of years. So, you know, I, I'm shameless plug. You know, if the Browns could get him in day three or as an undrafted free agent, I would love it. It'd be a feel good story. And he's a local kid. So, uh, you know, if if they want to draft someone, I'll, I'll make a case for him, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, the. Right now, going into 2020 on, offensive line looks solid, uh, you know, and it's nice. We have depth, too, you know, to say what they're going to do in terms of that depth. You know, that's left to be determined. But, you know, that's one of the position groups as a whole, the offensive line, where, you know, we shouldn't expect any major movement this year, to say the least. No, basically, the O-line, the only questions rolling around is Hubbard. Um, and the rest of it, it's, it's nice. I, I, I've mentioned three lines as backup guard and it, it's Bryce Callahan's job to decide which one it is. And uh, that that's a nice thing to say. Um, 
he's obviously a great judge of talent, great development developer of talent. And uh, in the past, Browns fans would be like, oh, don't worry, we can stash this guy on a practice squad. Forget stashing guys in a practice squad. I think we touched on it um, earlier in the series of shows. We're 26th on that order. There is somebody going to stash these guys on a practice squad because the guys the Browns get rid of are going to turn out to be starters or role players for um, teams up there at the top because as sort of the guardrail said, it's about churning your roster because Dunn's a perfect example. He's been through the league. No one wanted him. And then suddenly he pops up, plays one game and he's absolute ball in it in the playoffs. So um, no, you're not going to stash guys on practice squads. It's uh, we got lucky this year because it was uh, lockdown sort of um, COVID and everything. Teams didn't want to, take a punt on other people's practice squad players because of the, the weight to go through COVID protocols, everything like that. So, uh, no, it's uh, it's interesting. Lots and lots of talent. Um, but, yeah, these other guys, I don't think any of them stand a shot. Harris is locked in. And uh, Michael Dunn would be my bet. Yeah, I think if we had to pick one for sure, I think Michael Dunn has shown it, you know, that he can play in a big moment and produce at a high level. It was one game, but I mean, when it's a, when it's a playoff game, I think that kind of holds a little bit more credence. Uh, you know, as we wrap up for anybody that hasn't read any of Jack's work over the dogland.com, I suggest you go do so. Uh, we've covered the offensive side of the ball next week. We're going to start the defensive side of the ball and we're going position group by position group. All the way through, we'll even talk special teams, which is going to be something. Yeah, Jack's going to Jack's fist pumping now because he's going to drool over Tavier Thomas for a half hour. But uh, as always, definitely go check that stuff out. And Jack, go ahead and plug uh, your Twitter and everything else you got going on. He's number one free agent priority. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Twitter is at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. Uh, give me a follow. DMs are open, so tweet any questions, DM any questions. They don't just have to be about roster construction. I'll happily answer any cap questions. There's a few of you jump in there and ask questions every so often. More than happy to answer them as soon as I see them. Um, but no, it's all the writings at the dogland.com. So really enjoying the pieces there. This is six... Uh, pieces in there's six more to go um, but then there's loads of other interesting articles in there cap related roster construction um, do a bit of this bit of that um, podcast the other one I'm on is the Paul Brown podcast so go check us out um, we do loads of different shows so up until the draft we're firing out three a week um, post draft who knows we might go back to one a week um, until the season comes around but uh, no, all the writing, as always, it's the dogland.com. Go check it out. Uh, make sure you're following Jack. Um, loads of good stuff. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JackMcCurry08. You can check out the Dogland at the Dogland on Twitter as well as Facebook. And obviously, if you found the podcast, thanks for listening and please keep listening. And as we get on out of here, we will be back next Monday to talk about the edge rushing position. And until then, go Browns. Guy Browns. Did you know that improper disposal of batteries can spark fires? The disposal of rechargeable batteries in household trash has caused a number of fires on garbage trucks and at trash and recycling centers. These fires cost millions of dollars in physical damage each year and put lives in danger. 
Batteries do not belong in regular trash or recycling. Learn the proper way to dispose of batteries at GoRecycle.org. Brought to you by Fairfax County, Montgomery County, Prince George's County, and Covanta. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.